It's considered unethical to poach students. You had your opportunity with Robbie, now he's with us. You should respect that. Respect? Respect. You are not a sensei. You're a con man. Manipulating people to turn them into something that they're not. I didn't turn you into anything, Danny boy. I only brought out what was already inside. That's bullshit. You tortured me. <laughs> Please. You were a hothead. All I had to do was wind you up and get out of the way. And if you're being honest with yourself, you know you liked it. You were powerful, free. You just don't want to admit there's always been a little Cobra Kai in you. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do. But you know what? No matter what dojo we're from, me and Jim Scampoli are and remain binary brothers. <laughs> My name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Eagle Fang because I'm a sexual too, a total stud. <laughs> That's right. And this week, uh, we're talking about episode six of season four of Cobra Kai, Kicks Get Chicks. Uh, directed by Joel Navoa, who also directed the previous episode, Match Point, and re- uh, written by Matea Green, which we're looking at credits. Uh, this is kind of the first, like, there's been some, like, assistant positions, but here we got uh, a staff writer position on Cobra Kai for this season in the first written episode, so... We we mentioned this before. It is cool to see that Cobra Kai is like a nice way to put some young writers on, kind of get them on the map. And it's got to be a, a a nice thing to show on your resume there. Yeah, for sure. And and it's a great show to, um, I mean, I would assume, I can only dream, but it's <laughs> yeah. a great show to get started with in that it's quite innovative. And I don't know, I... I I, I probably just am saying that I would love to write for this show. <laughs> that's probably all the, the gist of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but sure, that's no surprise to anyone. It's a great show. Um, so we're more than halfway through the season. Uh, and we've been talking about this tournament all this time. But it's time to really get stuff started, get hyped up for it. And we start with this clip that was, I think we chatted about from even back in the trailer yes. where they're talking in sort of the the <laughs> the All-Valley Karate boardroom meeting uh, between all the people deciding how the tournament's going to work. And uh, it's it, they kind of do the joke about like building it up as a big thing, but then they're actually talking, talking about the... Uh, the mats but they're basically it's a montage of them arguing and basically arriving at something that we don't really quite know what in this scene that's going to revolutionize uh the tournament but it's well put together anyway because it's very it's it's very much aware of how silly it is because these people also care very very much about this tournament and its legacy and that's that's great to see yes yeah and it's probably me this is probably me here but I feel like because they show Aisha in one of the clips, but maybe people don't notice that, but it kind of deflated her arriving in the episode, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, again, it's a nitpick. Please don't give me the one-star review. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 getting it to a place where we can have a clearer, clearer eye on how someone would win the tournament, especially now that... Eagle Fang, and it's not just Miyagi Do, Eagle Fang together versus Cobra Kai. It's almost like the people running the tournament know that there are three dueling dojos here with the fate of the valley at stake. Because not only do we come out with, you know, uh, uh, male and female uh, brackets, but also a skills section and then a point system to make sure that everyone knows who the reigning dojo is mm-hmm. in the valley. Uh, yeah, it's played yeah. for fun. We I always love seeing this guy that talks about how Cobra Kai is a badass name for a dojo. He's always fun to watch. Uh, they hint at the uh, one of the, 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 the dude like running the meeting has maybe promised some celebrities in the past, like Malcolm Jamal Warner, which he did not deliver on, uh, which could be planting the seats for something we see later on. I, I think is Malcolm Jamal Warner from 
Yeah, he's from the Cosby Show, right? I'm just double checking. I don't. I don't know, man. Yes. Uh, I don't know any names in any TV shows. I just go <laughs> whoop. Yep, that's a person. Um, yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense to just you know from a story perspective, dividing up the the tournament into different uh, what, what you call it uh, classes, like a, a women's class or girls class and a boys class, uh, just because uh, we can have a bit more drama going on where like every other tournament's been like we only care about one character and one conflict and there's uh we're we're adding a lot of characters there's a lot of things going on and we have three dojos so it'd be really watering things down if we only had like one big fight at the end of the season to determine stuff though that's also a way of keeping things focused um so the uh separating girls and boys makes sense as far as the skills a thing when I was at this point, I was like, huh, I wonder what they're gonna do with this. And spoiler alert, it turns out they don't do anything with it yeah, as far yeah. as like the story or whatever. Like, it's not a bad thing, but it's kind of just there, I guess, to spread out things a little bit. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the actual tournament. But yeah, I was just like, that seems like the least relevant part of this announcement. <laughs> uh, one thing that's, uh, you know, it's just like a victim of circumstance, anyways, is they do take a shot. At my boy, Louis Anderson, who, as of this recording, did pass away yesterday. So when I was rewatching this, that was a little much of a jolt because they say something like you couldn't you couldn't lure like Louis Anderson to a cake eating contest or something like that. Uh, uh, actually, hold on. What is it? Oh, yeah. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't get Louis Anderson to show up for a free buffet, Ron. Uh, R.I.P. Louis Anderson. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunate timing um, on that one. But again, just a name that flew totally over my head, of course. Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, like, that's just how I grew up, like, watching The Simpsons or whatever. I, I'm sure this happens to, a, like, any young person that just watches shows with references to things. You're just like, oh, yeah, but it's doubly bad because I'm Swedish. And I'm just like, ah, la-di-da-di-da. <laughs> it is funny when um, they're like, yes, yeah, so let's get this straight. We're sanctioning a, an event where boys are punching girls. Um, but then I'm also Johnny Lawrence in this situation. I'm like, so what? Girls are supposed to be tough now. <laughs> it's 2022. Yes. I, think we, I feel like we had that chat in like season one where we were yeah. talking about the original tournament of Cobra Kai and kind of chatted about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it like uh, Daniel's kind of like, oh, you know, it's it's they don't really have a male champion and. Uh, Eagle Fang, they they definitely don't have a, a female champion. So all in all, like one thing that we have to remember is it's only their egos that's standing in the way of them coming in under the name of one dojo. Yes. It's only the fact that they couldn't figure out a mashup between Eagle Fang and Miyagi that's preventing them. Because even if all of their students were trained completely differently and they didn't even go back to the Miyagi-Do dojo, they were just in their warehouse and they just came in and were like, yeah, we're one dojo, we're one team. Yeah, They could win it just on the basis of maths because they wouldn't be competing for points with each other, right? So Correct. all of the points that any of them accumulated, even setting aside the fact that uh, you, you have to have a good uh, girl who's good at fighting, a boy who's good at fighting, setting that aside, you, you still would get all of the points from everything together. And now instead you're siphoning points off each other. It just makes absolute no sense from a perspective of, oh, this is going to be end of the world if we don't win this. And I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Like their pig-headedness is always what's getting in their way and what's gotten them sort of to this point. But it's kind of almost funny at this point how no one is even like, yeah, with these changes, there's this, way yes. more of a reason for us to work together compared to before because before you only needed to have the one best fighter and now you need more people who are good at different things, which is exactly what we had last episode before this announcement. Um, so yeah, just something I thought about on the rewatch. I was like, there would be no drama in the final episodes if they just were still under the same dojo name. <laughs> for sure, yeah. And and it's funny too because it's pitched as like Daniel's very super excited with these uh, changes. Because I mean, I guess the 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 skill. You're right. The skills thing doesn't really play out too much. It just makes it like, oh, Kata actually could be a thing. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I, actually knowing Kata does uh, it could be important now. Um, and I guess what, or weapons or whatever that happens with it, but either way. And then we cut, of course, to Johnny. Johnny thinks it's all bullshit. Katia isn't karate, it's dancing. Uh, what's this girls' division? Thought they were all about women's lib. 
they ought to man up and take a punch like the rest <laughs> of us. Uh, and I am, I'm, I'm definitely wrong as well because I was just like, and nobody says this, but of course Miguel, being the voice of reason, is like, hey, uh, with these changes, I think having Sam on our team would be good. Maybe yeah. you could talk to Mr. LaRusso. So, you know, they do say it, uh, but it's just funny how they could absolutely resolve all the problems because this would be a big positive if they were still on the same team and now it instead turns into a big negative. Yeah, yeah, and it is funny that... Um, uh, well, yeah, it's Bert, right? Bert brings up the girl from the debate team. So, I mean, two things happen in a row that Johnny, if he just listened to those things, would solve things. But I guess yeah. it is about how, yeah, Johnny and Daniel are both too pig-headed to really see the answer sometimes. Um, because as we do circle around, it does seem like the girl from the debate team is the perfect choice. But that we'll get into mm -hmm. that later. Yeah. We and need of course, killers. from Terry Silver's, well, I'm sorry. Terry Silver's perspective, this is mana from heaven, baby, <laughs> which is a great delivery. I want that on the soundboard, maybe. For... <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he very correctly says that this is a great thing for us. And uh, now he's getting in all the equipment. He's getting in the fucking top tier merch. Of course, they already had merch, but now it's like yeah. fucking premium merch. Um, now it's cool because that's <laughs> now the, it's not just a a, a t t public print your own logo on a t shirt. Now it's like goes across the side, so that's how you can tell it's cool. The whole game, because yeah, that's the one thing too, though. Because I mean, we've constantly talked about the merchandising being done by Cobra Kai, so that's the one thing that falls a little flat with what Terry's talking about. Because he's like, you know, we need their logos on t shirts and whatever, and it's like, yeah, I guess they technically maybe had t public, but they also had beach towels they had the big banner uh <laughs> at that uh you know when he broke the bricks uh but i but yes to your point as we do see this is more state of the line like athletic gear this is like under armor co-branded cobra guy stuff so he does uh, he does really use his resources to step it up a notch and have some real kick-ass cool gear for the kids these days for the zoomers out there yeah um, exactly. And, you know, again, because we're always taking the temperature on where's Kreese at, because it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. But of course, he's happy about these changes, at least. He's happy to see Terry bring stuff t into Cobra Kai, mm. as long as he's in fucking charge. That's the main thing. Um, and meanwhile, just outside the dojo, we see uh, Tori arriving. We see the homeless lady. She has a name, right? Uh, homeless Lynn. Homeless lady. And I'm not sure yeah, if you're going to say this or not, but I feel like the only reason why they show us homeless Lynn here is so we don't confuse Tori's aunt with thinking like, oh, that homeless lady was Tori's aunt this whole time. <laughs> because I feel like I... they look very similar. <laughs> and I, I feel like they specifically knew like, oh, my God, we bet we better show homeless Lynn. So you know it's a different person. That's at least my theory. Okay, I don't know if I buy that one, uh, <laughs> but I just liked seeing her there because it's like the more things change, the more yeah. they stay the same. You know, dojos come and go, but homeless Lynn <laughs> will always have her but stake on this spot. I'm pretty sure she was very upset at Johnny for trying to sit and be homeless in her spot. <laughs> That's true. So she's still fucking holding it down. I don't know. Tell me I'm wrong. If we didn't see her here, that people wouldn't be like, isn't that the homeless lady that's always outside? But I, that's my theory, and I feel like I'm absolutely 100% correct. Her hair is way fancier, uh, <laughs> in in my opinion. But, yeah, uh, basically, more... more uh, I don't know. From from Tori's on the perspective of Tori, like previous season was like or previous seasons, we've seen her developed a bit. We've seen her like family situation, but it's been kind of superficial, uh, in a sense, you know, because it's been like Chris coming to her house uh, or whatever and finding out about her situation, and we're like, oh, we know the situation, so we should have sympathy. And in contrast to that, this is her facing her aunt who's a piece of shit yeah. and uh, like actually fucking with her. Like, I'm not saying she hasn't had conflict in the past, but we're like, this feels more like where uh, that old adage of where we're seeing it. We're not being told that she has a bad home situation. It's mm. like, not only do you have to deal with all this other bullshit and you can't get back in school or whatever and you the job, you also have this happening as well on top of it. So yeah, a bit of conflict for her in that she, uh, it's rightly pointed out that 
she she's not great at playing the game or whatever when it comes to uh, if if it comes to a custody battle of her brother um because she isn't she's fucking blows up over anything yes. right that's yeah. what we've seen of her up to this point and not only does she just have these like you know it's one thing to have to deal with a mom who's sick because it's like people get sick it's like a thing that happens it's just kind of like a thing that can it's like weirdly bad luck but this is also someone in your family that's actively fucking with your already bad situation so yes it, it adds some more uh scope to what she's dealing with and it does make sense to put her at like a, a position where she ends up being where she goes to amanda for help because amanda did say you know uh, people will help you. You just have to know when to ask for it. So it kind of puts her uh, in that position. And, oh, they do, yeah. and they, here we go with another, like, mysterious father. Although, it's not necessarily mysterious father, but the way this show is, we're always thinking, like, who's the father, blah, blah, blah. So, theories now. Now, <laughs> I actually, I just came up with this theory just now, but now I'm wondering if maybe this is Miguel's father. Remember the kid that first made... <laughs> Becomes friends with Daniel when he moves into the apartment, <laughs> and he takes Wait. him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, it? it's Wait, like so Benny or something theory. like that. Because I assumed you were gonna say Bad Boy of Karate. No, of course, but that's a, yeah, that's where uh, everyone <laughs> that's pre-assumed. We were all thinking. It. <laughs> yeah, everyone's going. Uh, everyone's zinging, but I'm zanging uh, right. because yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, Bad Boy of Karate. Absolutely not. I think it's like Benny. I think his name was or. But yeah, when Daniel first shows up and he's like, there's yeah. a kid that's like, hey, man, you know karate? Like, hey, you should come hang out with us. And he hangs out with him on the beach. That is either Tori or now that I'm thinking about it, maybe Miguel's father. <laughs> I, but it, that's the kid as well that like he's. Oh, Freddie. Like, Daniel's Freddie. I'm sorry. Freddie. Yeah. Freddie. So so Daniel's getting along with this character. But then like as soon as uh, as soon as fucking. Um, Wait, no, Freddy is... Yeah, it's uh, Freddy Fernandez. Or no. uh, okay. He brings Daniel up. But you're right. Yeah, him. Yeah. Like, he's getting along with Daniel, but as soon as Johnny, like, kind of, you know, leaves him in the dirt or whatever, in the Cobra Kai's, yeah. all Freddy's friends are like, yeah, real cool kid you brought around, Freddy. And he, like, yes. immediately doesn't like him anymore. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's like, this kid gets bullied? We should bully him. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> this kid. Oh, wait, yeah, nice. I think they even are the ones that dub him the Karate Kid. Because they're like, uh, oh, cool Karate Kid you brought around, Freddy. Great. And we get yeah, this I on the Reddit. Freddy's. Get this out on the social media. I think we just broke a big story here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm on his I'm on his uh the Karate Kid fandom wiki now. During Daniel's fight with Johnny, Freddy roots for him. <laughs> Despite <laughs> wanting to help Daniel after being beaten up by Johnny, he ultimately chooses not to do so, so his friends don't make fun of him, showing that he's a victim of peer pressure. Wow, great stuff uh oh. from the wiki here. There needs to be a section on him being uh Tory's and or Miguel's <laughs> dad, though. We'll yeah. I'll edit that in. Don't uh, worry. And yeah, it is later on because yeah, on the first day of school, Freddie and his friends approach daniel um and freddie asks about daniel's eye and then one of freddie's friends teases daniel with a famous line karate kid make a move which daniel chuckles politely but you know he's steaming because he's a hothead <laughs> with a big piece of cobra kai inside him that he doesn't even know about yet <laughs> yeah but he likes it though he likes <laughs> being in power and control or whatever and being the little cobra kai Okay, we should get back to the episode. Yeah. So Tori uh, has this confrontation, and then we move on to because as as Johnny established earlier in the warehouse that they're doing their training in, um, they need chicks, and what's gonna get them kicks, right? Yeah, uh, or whatever. Which yeah, I guess get I now realize is a great pun about the fancy Cobra Kai shoes. Uh, that are in those boxes because they got killer kicks and that's how they get the chicks. Well, also, um, I think uh, when when Johnny is trying to recruit Cobra Kai in maybe season two or maybe it was even season one, he says kicks get chicks. Like that's a line he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he says it to those that's basketball true. guys that make fun of him. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so we get a montage kind of of him approaching different girls. It's like one of those, it is funny, but it's also kind of borderline him being uh, too dumb to, yeah. uh, you know, make sense. But I, I, I wouldn't complain about this one. But yeah, he's like, it's fun. Literally chasing down children and is saying that he needs girls under 18 um, and is being very nonspecific and manages to not be very good at convincing everyone i love that he gets miguel to oil up and miguel being like you know <laughs> miguel has <laughs> gone great. from like blindly trusting johnny about everything from in season one when he like converted him and like got him fanatically into karate to being like i do love johnny so i will do this <laughs> dumb thing that i know is dumb <laughs> not gonna work but uh yeah. the and my only other nitpick on this is i feel like they kind of did this before when, again, when Johnny yeah. was recruiting in the past, they did a similar thing. It's still fun. And, and even when Moon later is like, apparently there's some creep, uh, <laughs> you know, creeping mm-hmm. on all the girls. So we got to practice inside, like not putting two and two together that Johnny, of course, is the creep. Yeah. And sticking with this storyline, Moon gives them some tips on uh, like how to recruit her ex. Uh, and Johnny surprisingly is able to spit out some uh, terms that are impressive, uh, makes it sound like they're a good, inclusive space. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Johnny in contrast to the previous scene. Yeah, and I like that they... It's a classic Cobra Kai thing where... Or even, I guess a lot of TV shows do it, but the easy thing to do would just be like, oh, Moon's joining Eagle Fang. And they almost like, when you see her, you, the audience, are like, oh, this is perfect. She's going to join. And then it's like, well, no, it wouldn't make sense for her character. We're not just going to make her join Eagle Fang. So they use it in a different way. Um, and then also, yeah, where they set up the, the, the woke ex-girlfriend, which I think is even better, <laughs> weirdly, in my opinion, because Johnny gets to do his thing, but also have a dumb response after but then the yeah. way this plays out is that this woke girl is a villain. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk that she's a villain? But she is. She goes to Cobra Kai because they have cool merch. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do like that, you know, y- you got to feel really gaslit if you're Daniel or Johnny. It's no wonder they're making these slightly irrational decisions because they're the only ones who kind of know how terrible Cobra Kai is and like uh, who remembers the big school brawls mm-hmm. and home invasions and things like that. Uh, and like Miguel not being able to walk all this shit that's all come from uh, from Cobra Kai. And then you compare that to... Uh, like hey this is a dojo like there's two dojos this one trains in a warehouse this one has an actual space and gives out free merch so this one seems pretty reasonable especially with terry silver giving them direction like it's actually you know back to uh, a normal type instruction so yeah she's she's not a villain yet in in so far as like being doing anything bad but i mean if you've joined cobra kai your mind's gonna be poisoned yeah although i do think it's still a minor villainous move to uh you know at least the little we know of this character to project yourself as like going with values, like asking these questions of ca- caring about social issues, but then being like, give me the merch, give me the merch, give me the nice place. I'll take it all. It's kind of a subtle uh, little shot at some of the the zoomers out there and their social justice. In my opinion, yeah, I feel the, like the big three <laughs> should be canceled for this, for this underpin <laughs> that they have here. <laughs> I feel like Terry Silver, after his oil scandal, has made sure to source <laughs> all of his merch ethically and locally produced uh, and to make sure that everyone gets paid a fair wage and all of that good stuff. So that's why she feels comfortable taking all this fancy merch. That could be true, too. We don't we didn't get to see the scene, so we can't say definitively, but. Uh, in between yeah. this, uh, we do have when Tori shows up to ask for help from Amanda and we find out that she this makes sense. Like she wants to get back to school because she is realizing she has to play the game. So part of that is showing remorse and showing that you're becoming a better citizen or whatever. And to do that, the the principal has agreed if the LaRussos sign on. Um, and again, like this is an episode where, I mean, I guess it's because we know all this stuff about Tori, 
But by the end of it, like Sam is so insufferable. I think I tweeted it at like 3 a.m. Uh, on <laughs> New Year's Eve. I was like, Sam LaRusso is fucking insufferable. Uh, <laughs> because it's like, how do you side with her? I know they keep going to the, you know, after all the things Tori's done. And I get it. I mean, she did try to murder her or maim her or something. And Tori was a maniac last season. But at this point, just mind your business, Sam. But I guess it's also the strike first in her is really kind of coming out. So that's part of it. Yeah, I, I think um, I think all of that is maybe like, you know, fine as far as like she can be a, a less uh, likable character. And then we can see where that takes us. Yeah, I but don't there is mean a possibility. It, I don't yeah, mean no, I, it I, as I, a yeah. nitpick on the writing. I think it makes sense. But yeah. it's just kind of it's that. It's why we love TV because you can get so annoyed at a character, but in in uh, like the real reality of the show. Yeah, and I think like maybe a bit more time with Johnny, like just seeing her. I don't know. It it feels like Cobra Kai or Eagle Fang, I should say, is turning her into an asshole. Like that's just mm. kind of how it's coming off a little bit, and yeah. we know there's supposed to be a little bit more to it than that. So maybe seeing anyway. I, I think I'm getting ahead of myself because we get more into her story in the in the rest of this yeah. episode. Uh, I guess let's stay with it for a second then. So, I mean, first she comes to Amanda, and then, of course, in a classic Karate Kid, Miyagi-verse, Cobra Kai fashion, as this is happening, Sam, like, when something's happening, your mortal enemy's going to walk in and be like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, yeah. Because Sam walks in, and she is rightfully kind of like, what is going on? She's upset. Um and I think there's a great line where she brings up like uh, where she's like, you know, I'm just supposed to be cool with this. And it's like dad has had a karate rival <laughs> for 30 years. Uh, it's only been a few months for me and I'm supposed to just like <laughs> let it all go. It's like something along those lines. Um, yeah. And uh, two things, if I can interject yeah, about the scene with Tori and Amanda, like that I really like is that uh Firstly, that this is something that's been imposed on her from the principal side, like she needs to get sign off. So her showing up there makes so much more sense than her just having had Amanda say, oh, yeah. people can help you. We can help. And her, she's trying to give her groceries. Like if she came to Amanda just for help, I don't know, with money to pay off her aunt or something, it would feel a little bit more forced because you would have to face sort of the the shame and the annoyance of going back to this house that you literally invaded. Um, but in this, that that has been sort of imposed on her and the relationship between them up to this point, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I also like how when Amanda's like, talk to a therapist, a guidance counselor, something that's like her only demand. It's not like Tori's like, what? No, I don't need that. Or mm. it's, and it's not like she's even fighting back at all. She's just like, yeah, like what I'll do, whatever. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like she's not holding on to her baggage that badly. She's here to do a thing and kind of admirably is just like, yeah, whatever it takes. I just need to do, I need to get this done. So I, I like the both of those aspects. I agree. And because, I mean, I've, I've thought this, we've talked a little bit about this the, the, each episode. I think this was a smart, strong decision having these characters have this, like, you know, arc that's happening. And it really, Tori having to come with her, you know, not for something like you said, like for money or whatever, which still would have maybe worked. But this puts Amanda more towards the test of like putting the money where her mouth is, so to speak, of like, you know, it's 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 more of a trust that she has to give Tori to help her rather than just saying, like, here's groceries, here's money, go take care of your life. She has to yeah. trust that Tori can go back to school and Sam's going to be there and it's not going to be putting her daughter in danger. Like she's not making a mistake that's going to screw her over in the past. She has to show, and at the same time, she has to follow through to show Tori that it can work when you ask for help. So there's a lot of like give and take between the characters that that happens here. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's well done, and then it, but it still makes sense why Daniel could be a little uh, skeptical, and of course Sam's going to be completely skeptical of the situation. Yeah, and even though it might, I think because we have so much more context as well, and we we know Tori, like the last time she saw Tori, she was being attacked, uh, I think, uh, or no, that, that's not true, actually, I, I think they've probably run into each other since, but whatever. Um, 
I, I just think her her reaction to both of her parents of like, you never stopped to ask uh, if I like training with Johnny. Mm. You never asked me, like, let alone seeing her in my house. And now you're saying she's coming back to school. And yeah, maybe even if she doesn't attack me, we're still in a fucking warring dojo situation. <laughs> and I don't want this presence in my school life stressing me out. And you're both valuing uh, yourself or other people more than me. But um that scene also leads into Amanda talking about how her her prank where she was uh, beating up a car uh, with a baseball bat because yeah. her I, I think her math, math teacher, teacher or something yeah she uh, had sex with yeah. her dad had an affair with her dad yeah. and broke up her uh, parents so. yeah and oh, well um, you know what I was thinking of too I was thinking of like the situation where um, uh, like we talk a lot about how. You know, when Daniel brings up Okinawa, it's like, we were there. We were there when he showed up on the plane and he spent all his college fund to go to Okinawa. Just thinking of a situation where there was a movie, you know, in the past where we're like, we were there. We saw when Amanda was so distraught <laughs> that she, you know, beat the shit out of the, the math tutor's car. Um, it's just it's it's fun and a little jarring when someone brings up the past and I didn't see it in a movie that was made 30 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, they should put in some flashbacks that they filmed new, <laughs> yes. fresh, but they made it look like it's an 80s movie and it looks like a, a scene cut out of uh, The Karate Kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, uh, you know, it gives a bit of context for where she's coming from and why why she actually is approaching this that, you know, kids like Tori get the same message over and over again and something just needs to break the cycle. And this, so what this does for Daniel... He's like, oh, she's not the only one who needs a wake-up call. And he's right, right? <laughs> because yeah. he needs a wake-up call and he needs to patch things up with Johnny. But the way he takes it instead is that he... Does he think... Sorry, I don't really remember the next scene with Robbie and him that well. But does he take this as... Because it sounds... It looks like on him, like, oh, I need a wake-up call. But then he just kind of goes and tries to recruit Robbie, right? Yes, and I guess it kind of also blends a little bit to the early, like the first scene or one of the first scenes of the episode when they're talking about the new rules and Dimitri brings up how like they don't have a male champion really because he's like don't because Dimitri's rightfully like don't look at us you know we're we're here for some like slight inspiration uh, but then he says you know he who must not be named rhymes with Dobby so I guess it kind of puts that in Daniel's head. A bit, and then yeah, then he reads this wrong to think that he's gonna come and talk to Robbie and somehow bring him back in the fold. Uh, I think it does. It is a nice parallel to Sam does the same thing where she goes to Aisha and completely takes the wrong lesson from what she says. <laughs> like it's like the Larusos yeah. both are like, "Yep, I think I know what I need to do now," and they do the <laughs> wrong things. Uh, yeah, and I mean, he's not, like, you get it uh, from his perspective because the wake-up call he thinks that Robbie needs is about, you know, what he did to Eli, Hawk, and, yeah. uh, like, he thinks that that means Terry Silver is leading Robbie down a really bad path because that's what happened to him, so he thinks he needs that wake-up call. But yeah. from Robbie's perspective, yes, the tournament just switched up, out their rules, and he knows Miyagi-Do doesn't have a male champion, and obviously he, you know, was fighting for Miyagi-Do last year, so uh, obviously that's one angle that he's going to think Daniel's coming from. Uh, and then also Terry Silver so far is more chill than Grace, you know, yeah. he's, he's just showed up with all this merchant funding. Uh, and I mean, yeah, maybe in the end he's right, but you can also see from Robbie's perspective, how this heartfelt speech is going to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it also shows because I like kind of the editing, um, because it's almost, I think it's, it's cut from that where he's like, yeah, Daniel's like, we, you know, someone needs help. And then it cuts to Eli. And you think like, oh, Daniel's going to go talk to Eli, but he doesn't, even though he should. Like storylines, yeah. it's also better that Dimitri does it because we get more with their relationship. And, you know, the binary brothers is great. And it's nice that Dimitri can like, like he even talks about how he's doing for Eli, what Eli did for him, like getting him into karate. But it also, it's another way to show that both Johnny and Daniel 
Like they're so, you know, uh, like just caught up in their own shit. Like their their other students suffer <laughs> all the time. Like neither neither Johnny or Daniel are going to talk to Eli here. Like they both kind of really suck in this situation that they're not. They're like clearly this kid. He just had a traumatic experience. He's already been shaky to begin with. He's had trouble in the past. If anyone needs help, it's him, and neither of them go to see him. But I mean, yeah, do- and even. They could even be selfish because Hawk is a really good fighter, yes. right? Especially yeah. from like uh, Johnny's perspective. Well, no, I guess he has Miguel, but I guess from uh, Daniel's perspective, they don't have a male champion. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Re- it would have given a bit more reason for him to, I guess, join Miyagi Do. Whereas before, he it would have made more sense for him to join back up with Eagle Fang. But mm. his relationship with Eli, sorry, with uh, Dimitri is also like. I mean, obviously enough to to tether him to that and bring him there anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it probably would have made sense if someone was like, "Hey, maybe we should check in on <laughs> this kid." Check on this who our kid. rivalry from thirty years ago <laughs> has had him be physically abused uh, and his whole being violated. Well, not whole being, but his hair. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they have the binary brothers. They have a bit of a chat uh, as well. Um, and he's playing the uh, game that Kenny was playing, right? And I guess Dimitri talks yeah. about how he used to play it as well. That's that's always fun. Yeah, Dungeon Lord. Um, and I mean, I do like this. I do like that this we get to see this play out though better. But it is also kind of just a, uh, you know, uh, just shows that Daniel and Johnny are kind of suck sometimes. Like they're very <laughs> they have their tunnel vision where it's like Miguel, Sam, Robbie, Miguel, Sam, Robbie. These are the best. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's nice to see, you know, he, I guess very similar to, you know, Johnny finding Eagle Fang because he has to let go of Cobra Kai, you know, Hawk has to be all right with being Eli and Eli doesn't have to just be the mousy quiet nerd. He can be like a little of both. He can find that balance if you will. And there's so much potential for him joining Miyagi though. And I just... You know, it's just really a spoiler, but I just don't feel like they explore it as much as they could in the next few episodes. Yeah. Um, so obviously the scene where he talks to Robbie in the little uh little grocery store, um, it pans out with uh with Terry Silver showing up and we yes. have the clip from the start, which is great, like him talking about uh how, you know, he only brought out what was already inside Daniel, he's saying what I'm saying all the time, or what we say all the time, that yeah. Daniel is a hothead, like, and he's not wrong either. <laughs> and that, you know, deep down, you kind of liked it in you. So he's he, he's doing a good job of continuing basically his psychological warfare. <laughs> and I think in this yeah. scene, he's getting a bit of a taste for how much he enjoys that as well. Yes. And I think that's a good... It, it links up really well. Like, it's kind of a joke at the end when the when the shop owner is saying like, Hey, if you could use this place, as a conference room, buy something, which is funny in itself, but Terry Silver's look to him. I just don't feel like that would have been the look Terry Silver would have given at the start of the season, you yeah. know, when, when he was like, he, cause he, you know, it was just millionaire board guy. would be like, ha, I'll buy your whole store or, or he'd yeah. be like, Oh, whatever. Sorry. It's on the house. But now he's just like, you talking to me, you think you can talk to me that way? Like he's already, the karate is bringing all of this out of him again. Yeah, he's becoming much like we had dubbed Crease in the past, the guy that was well aware that he was in a karate show. Like Terry Silver is, I mean, I guess, much like The Matrix. Uh, I know Red Pill's been used, you know, in different situations on social media these days, but I guess he's kind of, uh, he's Miyagi pilling himself here where he. <laughs> He's realizing he's he's the villain in a karate show and he loves it. And the stuff he's yeah. saying is also Daniel the stuff Daniel has struggled with. And that's the the key to Terry is that he knows that there's truth to what he's saying and it's something that is really going to, you know, hit Daniel to the core. I and it is great because the scene plays out, I mean again, it's another fake looking store. I brought this up before that none of these places look real on Cobra Kai. There's too much cereal for it to be a convenience store. Maybe I just don't live in L.A. uh, And I don't realize that there's so much cereal in the convenience stores. But anyways, um, 
it is everything's cool. shelved really like neatly as well kind <laughs> yeah. of you know you wouldn't expect this from a shitty strip mall and you have the cereal with the toilet paper underneath it like i don't i don't yeah. know it's, again i don't live in la either but it, yeah i agree <laughs> i was just like there's so much cereal on display right now <laughs> but uh, it's great because the intensity of this conversation it's it's uh it's it's a nice like you know contrast yeah contrast yeah. to being just in the location it is and it is yeah. like you said it's played as a joke but it still plays pretty real with his look and and the reaction like it, it's all it's all still really well done even though it doesn't look like a real place to me yeah and so the next scene real quick we check in with uh eagle fang in the in the warehouse and they're basically Johnny's like, oh, there's no chance of finding a, a female champion. And Miguel gives a short speech about how he wasn't a champion when he met him either. And they just need to think outside the box. And we're going to stick with the storyline to the next scene with the debate. Well, uh, before you go oh, to the next scene, I just yeah. want to call out that it was a big waste of time. I even learned feminism. That's such a funny line. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 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 go to the next um, scene. Yeah, so uh, it's at the debate uh, place where people debate, and uh, Johnny's just showing up there, and he's thinking outside the box with a uh, basically like he's gonna dress up Miguel as a woman. And, this is a uh, even though he's yeah, this is an amazing reference. I don't know if you've seen the movie Ladybugs that he mentions, but this was yeah. like a common mainstay growing up. I don't know if it was like always on cable or someone always rented it on VHS or something, but. He, because he's like, you know, there's this coach. He gets no respect. It is, it's Rodney Dangerfield. So that's like the joke there. Rodney Dangerfield, yeah, he's a coach of a of a girls' soccer team, and yeah, he gets his stepson played by, uh, what's his face? I mean, he passed away unfortunately, but uh, he was in like Jonathan Never Ending Brandis. Story too. Yeah, Jonathan Brandis, and yeah, he has to wear a wig and pretend to be a girl, but he kicks butt on the team. Like he's kick ass. Yeah. Uh, so I love that they brought this movie up, uh, and it is a great reference and it is one of those things that's almost borderline, like Johnny being too dumb, but it's almost just dumb enough in my opinion that he's got a bag with a wig in it and stuff. And Miguel <laughs> is kind of dressed as a girl for the, for the all Valley. I love it. Yeah. So she's the man is essentially a reverse ladybugs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm following. I'm, I'm following what you're you're putting down now. A good I mean, reference. Spoilers. A, a completely is, bonkers plan. But yeah, yeah go on. Well, I was gonna say spoilers. The boy gets injured, and guess who wins? The ladybugs still win the championship without him. Mm, and also spoilers. He didn't actually get injured. He just knew they were that good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they do. Re that coach does deserve respect. Um, but yeah. Anyway, it's a bonkers thing. But you know, from Johnny. At this point, he's desperate. So yes. I don't really think it's outside the realm of possibility that he'd come up with this dumbass plan. But then they're kind of impressed with this debate girl's energy. She has a Cobra Kai or a, a Eagle Fang kind of vibe. She mm. doesn't take no bullshit. Maybe she's not a fighter yet, but uh, she seems like maybe she could be. So yeah, yeah. she's clearly <laughs> that. badass. Bert's Bert's been trying to Bert's been trying to like <laughs> mention this girl from the start, yeah. and then like is talking at Johnny about it, and then he's like, "Can it, Bert? I just found <laughs> our champion, <laughs> but whatever." And I do need to correct myself. He doesn't want Miguel to dress up. Uh, he wants. Uh, he's thinking penis breath might be able to do it though. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes more sense because Miguel also has to be the other <laughs> champion. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, so. yeah, Sensei. That's the girl I told you about. She loves extracurriculars. Yeah, can it, Bert? I just found the most badass girl <laughs> in the valley. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we we've sort of skipped around the scene where Sam visits Aisha in Santa Barbara. Yes. Um, did you expect her to kind of join join back up with the team when you? I was this, almost or? thinking that I was like, oh, are they going to somehow just bring her back onto the show? Because I know a lot of people. I mean, I liked her character a lot too, and I. I think people were bummed when she left the show. It's nice to see her back here again, but I guess I'm glad they didn't kind of have to build some sort of sitcom level story thing to have her back back. Um, yeah. So it works. I mean, her story honestly does not make sense. So maybe that's why Sam was so confused and didn't take the right uh, lessons from it. Cause she's like, I saw this girl 
or and maybe the idea is supposed to be that the girl wasn't going to be a bully. She just was just worried because of how she's dealt with girls in the past. Because she's like, I knew this girl was going to be a bully, so I went up and introduced myself, and then now she's my best friend. And I'm just like, I don't know. Do you think if Kenny went up to Lapusso La and said, "Hi, my name's Kenny. Let's show. Can you show me around? I'm new." That Lapusso would be like, "Yeah, let's be best friends." I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe because they both <laughs> they like both the same like the game. video game. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I <laughs> I see where you're coming from. I I think it makes sense. But yeah, as you said, I guess uh, I guess Sam's just kind of like taking more Cobra Kai lessons from this. Fucking face things head on rather than like see the girl who you think is going to be a bully instead of you know punching her in the face to show that you're the boss. You go up, introduce yourself. You take the initiative. You strike first yes. with kindness. So she listened to the first part, but not the kindness part. Because this is she's been all kindness all day up to this point anyway, right? That's all Miyagi-Do is. So she's mostly listening to the strike first, combining that with having some teachings from Johnny, I guess. It makes sense. Uh, but it, I mean, also, so, this is not... In, in Aisha's story, this is some random girl, right? Yeah. Uh, Tori's not some random girl. Yeah. Like She's not going to go up and be like, hey, let's be pals. Uh, and anything else, if she was, uh, you know, uh, it'd be trying to reconcile or whatever that would be everything she's done up to this point anyway like that's just how she she would be I without cobra Kai. i think to be fair to to tori sam has never been nice to her once i don't think i mean the no, first but i just mean as yeah. a person she would avoid sure. conflict yeah. and stuff like that so it would be in line with that but yeah that's no, you're the, absolutely right because i think even <laughs> in the not. beginning she was just kind of jealous that aisha was hanging out with her and then she what accused her of yeah. stealing from her parents but she got yes. what for? She got thrown into that cake or whatever it was. <laughs> well, yeah, from the stealing from like the country club or That's whatever. That's what it was. And yeah, she was getting drink and basically Tori was just doing hot girl shit. And, and also, uh, I mean, Sam was having none of it. Yeah, and even after that, because then we have you know, Dimitri and Daniel are sparring a bit, and Dimitri's getting frustrated, but Daniel's like, "No, you're doing great." Dimitri does look great, and like you had mentioned before, he's like, seems like he's like a foot taller now. He's a huge dude. Yeah. Um, but then when Eli shows up, which is nice, but then the fact that, you know, Sam is already showing how Eagle Fang she is because she's not even like training with them. She's just stretching, doing her own thing in the other room. And I know it works so that they could have this little conversation, but it also really is showing the separation that's already happening here. Yeah. And she's like the only girl as well, like real boys club and, Mm. And and there's no girls in uh, Eagle Fang. Obviously, I mean, she's been the only now. girl the whole time. So, yeah, but yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, which is one of the reasons it was so sad to see Aisha go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so sorry. What is? Do they talk about anything significant in this scene? Her and Daniel. Well, um, they both get on this same page of like leaving the past behind us. Um, yeah, that's kind of what they're talking about here. Uh, and then, yeah, Daniel says, you know, it's pr- I'm proud of you. It's never easy being the bigger person. But then as we see, she's not really being the bigger person. And again, like from her point of view, she's right to not trust this girl. But it's like, you know, people do this in real life. So it's it makes sense. You're not you're she's she's making her own fate here instead of trying to maybe give someone a second chance and let them be a better person. If you don't give that person a second chance, you're kind of just sealing your own fate or trying to make a predetermined conclusion of what you think is going to happen by basically she wants to come up and show that she's a badass. I mean, I guess Tori was probably going to say something smart here where she's like, I heard you, although maybe not because she's like, so I guess I should. I don't know if she's going to apologize or if she was going to make a snarky comment. But maybe she was going to apologize because she is kind of defeated in this moment and just wants to be better for her family. Yeah. And I like Sam's delivery in that scene where she's talking to Tori because, like, when she's saying, you're not in control here, I am, Mm. she has, you know, this slightly manic energy about her that is, like, this is her claiming that control in a sense. But it's, like, she she is shaky. I mean, she had PTSD about the whole thing, and now she's facing her down. So she has that kind of shaky energy. But by the end of her speech, when she's like, I'm coming for you, bitch. (laughs) Yes, it's very, like, uh, I 
could see why you sent that tweet, but also very, I don't know, she she has regained that control in a True. sense in a very uh, eagle fang kind of way. And then the True. walk away and smile. Who does she think she is? Fucking John Kreese over here with the walk away and smile. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, all good. Totally. And, and it's, she's also got very Rorschach in prison vibes. Like, hey, uh, I'm not locked in here with you. You know, you're locked in here with me. <laughs> like, you're yeah. just given that type of vibes for sure. I mean, because yeah. it is a, it is almost a weird threat as well of like, you know, I could just kind of start a fight with you and you're going to get in more trouble than I would. Like, I'll probably get in trouble, but like, you'll go to fucking jail. Like, and it could be just because I started a fight with you because I don't like you. Yeah, but that's unhinged Sam for you. Yeah, I like how unhinged she's getting <laughs> at this point. So, um, hashtag Team Sam. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is the end of episode six. So, a lot of different moving parts here as we're setting stuff up for uh, the climax uh, of the season. Uh, obviously, the big change being the, the tournament uh, and all the side effects of that. Now, some of the characters here, like the woke girl and the debate girl, uh, we can get into that more in the next few episodes, but that is, uh, spoiler alert, that is all I know about them at the end of the season yeah. as well. Like, that is their entire mm -hmm. personality, um, which isn't the worst thing, because we, you remember our conversations about Kenny? Like, we, yeah. it's not like we're, uh, we, we want to spend time with the characters we know and love anyway, but I do like that it rounds out the cast and characters a little bit, and it gives, you know, the possibility of those uh, people becoming a bit more three-dimensional uh, in the future as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of tough because even like Kenny, when was the last time we've seen Kenny so far? Kenny it's been a little while. Is, he's in the start of this episode or was it the previous episode? I mean, he's around. He's yeah. around in the Cobra Kai stuff, but yeah, no, he's not really they been just doing anything. Cobra Kai had like a badass chick, um, I think it was last season. Remember when they brought in like yeah. Kyler back and they brought in like this badass chick who was doing like yes. flips and shit, but I don't know if she's But gone. Tori I think Tori beat her or something. Something and then like she that. She had to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, Kenny's not in this episode. He's briefly in the previous episode. I don't think he's part of the attack on Hawk, but he's there at the start. But yeah, uh, yes. no no real focus. But anyway, that's but it for this episode. Uh unless you have any other thoughts, Jim. No, no, I think that about sums it up. I mean, yeah, like we're 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 on a collision course still you know things are getting put in place and we're on a we're on a collision course for the all valley under 18 tournament what's going to happen we'll have to see <laughs> you sound excited man <laughs> so <laughs> uh we will see and we'll get back to you discussing episode seven on the feed soon um do leave a review on apple podcasts if you use that or whatever podcatcher you might use they're much appreciated and you can also of course find all of our other shows at shows what you know com and tweet at us that's at shows what you know the letter u uh, and also get in touch via email all sorts of good stuff that's shows what you know show at gmail.com anything else we should bring up jim ah uh, yeah there's one more thing what's that strike first strike hard no, no mercy, mercy.